welcome to the Nerd Party. Welcome to Great Shot Kid, the Nerd Party's show that examines the work of Star Wars creators. I'm John. And I'm Mike. And this week we are going to uh, be bringing you a, a look at Joss Whedon's wrap-up to the Firefly series uh, featuring Alan Tudyk, who is now beloved by Star Wars fans for portraying K2SO in Rogue One. Uh, Serenity, which, uh, you know, came out... Uh, it was the the compromise for having sort of screwed Firefly off the air uh, from Fox. Uh, he was able to pick up the property and go and get Serenity made, which is sort of the... It's supposed to tie a bow on the series, as it were. It was constructed in such a way that they could have had sequels had it been successful. But uh, they were, you know, at the very least, it, it was a love letter to the fans and a thank you for having stuck with the show. So I think, I mean, that's, I guess, in a, in a nutshell, uh, what, what the movie's really all about. Uh, Mike, did you see this in the theater when it came out? Yeah, in fact, I saw it like three months before it came out because they they did a thing where they had like, you know, since it was really sort of all about the fans, you know, I mean, Firefly was a show that, you know, lasted for 13 episodes on on Fox before being canceled, uh, despite having lots and lots of, uh, you know, very vocal fans. I guess there weren't a lot of people who watched the show. It was basically yeah. like a sci-fi Western, right? about yeah. a, a band of of uh, misfits who you know were on the the losing side of a of a of a righteous uh, war and um, are now traveling the verse uh, trying to, to make ends meet and doing things which may not be 100% legal but usually taking the moral high ground and yeah. uh and and this is you know sort of like the conclusion of that story in a sense and you know since it was really all about the fans and there, you know it was relying very heavily on i think internet buzz and stuff like that they did a thing where in uh, a number of cities across the country um in june i think the movie came out in like september but in june um of 2005 they had a thing where uh they they did like super duper early screenings of basically the almost finished version of the movie and you know fans could could go to that and um you know bond with their fellow uh brown coats and <laughs> and uh it was one of those things where like I had the DVD sitting on the shelf like I watched the first couple episodes when they aired and I never like got around to the rest and I, I had the DVD sitting on my shelf ready to watch by September and then I saw this thing online and I was like oh so I bought tickets for it and then I'm like now I have like a week to watch the show or two weeks to watch the show yeah. and I watched the entire series in like that that time frame and then went to see this uh this this special show and you know they pulled out all the stops they had like a documentary crew there to you know get people's reactions to put on the dvd and uh then they had a couple cast members there i forget who the second person was but summer glow was was there at our screening 
Cool. So so that was cool. And we saw like an almost finished version of the movie. And obviously when you're with that crowd, the audience is like definitely in favor of the movie and willing to cut it as much slack as need be, you know, and all that stuff. Yes. You know, sold out like ah and <laughs> Yeah. And and it was a lot of fun. You know, when when I went back to see like the finished film a couple months later, there were like three other people in the theater and I'm pretty <laughs> sure they had never seen the show and it played yeah. a little differently, you know? I I think it probably fell a bit flat with Maybe, that. maybe just a little bit. But for me, I definitely enjoyed it. You know, I mean, I, I'm I'm not like your super duper fan where I have like I don't have like a, a you know bumper sticker or anything like that. I don't I don't have the T-shirt with the you know curse your inevitable betrayal or whatever it is on it. You know that kind of. I thing. I aim to misbehave. Yes, I don't have any of that stuff, but I do really really like the show, and I thought that the movie was a good uh, conclusion to that to that show. Um, but yeah, what, what about you? Did you see it in the theater? I did not. Uh, the first time I saw it, a person who was a fan of the show, um, I was training, uh, to, to run the Marine Corps marathon actually with my wife and was invited over to see, you know, have you ever seen Firefly? No. Oh my gosh. Well, you got to see Serenity at least. Okay, sure. (laughs) You know, Hey hun, you want to go do this? No, you go. All right, sure. And so I went and I watched it, and I had that sort of, I I guess you could say, ambivalent reaction. Where I was like, yeah, you know, I didn't dislike it, but okay. And it wasn't until many years later uh, that uh, uh, after the the birth of our second child, I was in a situation where I was up a lot at night. <laughs> and so some friends, somehow we got on the topic, and they were like, wait, you've never seen Firefly? I was like, no. So they gave me their DVD set, and I watched it in like five days, primarily late at night, uh, and fell in love with it. Just thought it was great. Then I went back to the movie right afterwards, and I was like, okay, yeah. You know, with the exception of one thing, cool. All right, I get it. And I liked it as a as a you know little tie-off to the series. Coming back to it this time, I had a different reaction uh, okay. that is already angered um at least one uh host here on the nerd party network two hosts actually on the nerd party network all right uh, what was yeah. what was that uh i wrote a one word i guess mono i i guess half a word review of it after seeing it this time where uh on letterboxd okay i missed uh, that yeah which was eh <laughs> i gotta be honest having distance with the show and the thing is i'm going to compare and contrast here I was a huge Twin Peaks fan, diehard Twin Peaks fan, even watched it while it sucked in the second season, okay? And then once it started getting good back at the end of the second season, I was like, yeah. And then Firewalk With Me came out, and back then, I wanted to burn every copy of that movie and send David Lynch to the moon. I was like, how dare you do this with my beloved franchise, good sir? Mm -hmm. Then the Blu-ray came out a little while back, and I said, you know what? I haven't rewatch the show in a while i'm gonna watch fire walk with me on its own terms i'm gonna watch it just as a film this is not tied to the show and i watched it under those terms and i had a decidedly different reaction where i went wow i've kind of misjudged this movie through time it's pretty great i enjoy it this time coming back to serenity not rewatching any of the show coming up to it 
year since I've watched either. It was one of those things where I basically recognized it as, yeah, this is a love letter to the fans, but I can't give it high marks if looking at it with the eyes of I've never watched the show or I don't know what's necessarily going on. I didn't feel any spark of why I should care about the characters or what was going on with them. It just felt pretty much like a high-budget TV episode. But should you need... I mean, I don't know. This is a case... Like, I know we talked a a few weeks back on on our other show, Stage 9, about Harry Potter and how a lot of people say, like, you need to watch or you need to read the books in order to fully appreciate the movies. And I called BS on that because, Mm -hmm. you know, you shouldn't need to read a book in order to appreciate an adaptation of that book in another That is absolutely correct. But in this particular case, you know, I think that judging the movie outside of the context of the show is, well, you know, in some ways valid because, you know, I mean, people are going to, you know, watch the movie without having seen the show. I feel like it's not really fair to the movie. You know, I mean, oh. you sh- you should be able to, you know, judge this movie in the context okay. of the series. Well, let, let's let's lift it from... TV to movie and say, let, let's look at something like the Marvel Universe, the, mm-hmm. the Marvel Cinematic Universe, right? The good ones are the ones I can plunk down and I can sit down and I don't feel like I need to have seen anything else. Well, I mean, that's, that's fair. But I mean, is that the case here? I mean, like, if you look at this in the in the in the in the context of the show, right? I mean, because you have seen all the other Marvel movies. And no, I haven't, actually. Really? What haven't you seen? Uh, the Dark World. I haven't okay. seen Volume Two of Guardians of the Galaxy yet. I didn't bother with Doctor Strange. Um, I think there's one other one lurking out there. Interesting. Well, watch those movies because they're good. Oh, yeah, um, <laughs> I don't know. I'll get around to Dark World. Hey, You're the first person that I've heard use the adjective "good" in connection with it. No, it's it's better than the first one. It's you know by a guy who did like some Game of Thrones and some uh, Sopranos and some Mad Men. Well, look, okay. If I divorce Serenity from it, is it structurally flawed to the point where it's a bad movie where I'm like, don't go seeing that? No, it's it gives some backstory. You get some idea. But I think that the movie from beginning to finish struggles with whose story it is who does this movie belong to? Who does this arc belong to? Yes, I know it belongs to River, but it gets a little muddy uh, going along the way. And, uh, you know, then it's like, okay, we'll watch it in conjunction with the show and only watch it in that context. Well, then, you know, spoiler alert, the death of Wash makes me nothing but blindingly angry because it's cheap. If- and it, it it's a wasted moment and it's a waste of, like everything it's done it it's done just for like a cheap uh reaction yeah it that that does not work for me i mean for one thing you know i i, I don't want to see him die you know which i guess is not really a fair thing to judge it on but um the reaction of everyone else involved and i understand it's a high pressure situation and everything but it does not play like it should it really doesn't and right. uh, I, I, I do I do have a problem with that. 
And I guess that's that's why we're watching you know this this movie is because of Alan Tudyk and his performance. Yeah. And, and, and he feels a little bit wasted in this. Yeah, yeah, he does. And and that 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 scene doesn't really work. And uh, you know, through no fault of his, you know, I mean, he plays right. it, he plays it really well. Um, but it also kind of like feels like a betrayal of that character. Maybe they were trying to kill like the character who you like the most or something. I don't know. But, you know, because it's weird because you always hear people complain about Wash getting killed. You never hear anyone complain about, you know, Book getting killed. Right. But that's (laughs) but the thing is, if it if, you know, oh, gosh, we got to go back. Oh, no, look, you know, they, they killed the preacher. Oh, no. But it made sense because the villain was chasing them and he yeah. was protecting them. And so, like, in the context of the story, it's like, okay. And, you know, if your point is like, oh, well, real life isn't like that. This isn't real life. You know, yeah. like, it's not it's not right to do that. So maybe I'm divorcing it from the show and coming at it from that way. Because if I, I, I mean, I'm I'm serious that the killing Wash the way that they did was cheap. And then sort of like the little the little cherry on top of that Sunday is River goes in and does her big fight scene and she doesn't even get so much as, you know, like a broken nail from it. And I'm like, okay, look, you know, sort of like she could at least get a scratch here. Well, you know, but I mean, they they basically turn her into super Superman, Supergirl, whatever. I mean, they they established that she's, you know, she could at least get a tiny a tiny, a teeny. She should maybe need a band aid. Okay. Afterward. All right. I think that would be fair, don't you? I, I guess I, I didn't really have a a problem with that. You know? And I also, you know, I this was the first movie I ever saw, uh, and I'm going to butcher his name. Chiwetel Ejiofor. I think it's Chiwetel Ejiofor. I believe is. I. You know what? I I can't even say David O. O. You. I I I I can't say his name either. But anyway. He's a good character and an interesting character, and I'm with it. And then watching it this time, and then at the end, it's like, and look, the Alliance did this terrible thing. And he's like, okay, I'll let you go. No. Yeah. No. That was that character. Oh, look, the Alliance did these terrible things. Yeah. So that's not my. He should be like, it's it's a a turn that doesn't ring true because, you know, it should be. Maybe earlier, I, I I don't know how to, to how to resolve it, but he comes as across a, as a character like Tommy Lee Jones. You know, I didn't kill my wife. I don't care. You know, like that's yeah. not what that has nothing to do with me. I I don't know. I think like letting him live or whatever had more to do with Mal than it did with anything else. Because oh no, I'm talking about his his sudden turn. It's like you know, okay, I'm gone. Oh, like he he just let yeah the, yeah. He's yeah. just like whatever. I'm not going to kill all of you now. Yeah, I see. I see what you're saying. Yeah, um, yeah. It's it's weird. I don't know. I mean, it, it the 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 interesting thing about this. I mean, this is the first time I've seen this movie since Avengers. You know, since Joss Whedon became you know <laughs> the director of like the highest grossing movie since for whatever you know. And yeah. and I think it's interesting to kind of like see this sort of like small like financial failure. I mean, this movie cost forty million bucks and it made twenty five million at the box office. Yeah, which to me, I'm like not shocked by that because, I mean, when I first heard like they're doing a 
feature film version of the show that got canceled after 13 episodes, I'm like, why do they think that's going to work? You know, not not right. with anything in terms of the quality or whatever. Like, I'm cool with that. I'm glad that they get to finish their story or whatever. But who's writing that check? That seems like a weird <laughs> right. I- idea, you know? I mean, and it, it was because it, it didn't make any money, you know? Yeah. And I'm sure they've made their money back on home video and all that stuff. And I know, you know, recently with Fox, you know, being all about the revivals with the X-Files and 24 and Prison Break, you know, someone asked Fox, like, would you consider doing Firefly again? And they're like, hell yeah, we would, but not without Joss Whedon. And Joss Whedon's like, I don't want to do Firefly anymore. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, it's not going to happen anytime soon, most likely. And no, I can see it, that because, you know, time and everything, and now you got nostalgia and TV is a different beast. But who thought that this movie was going to make money? That's so weird. Uh, no, if, yeah, I mean, that, that budget was not justified. It, it, it really wasn't. And I imagine that the budget was as quote-unquote low as it was because of the heavy reliance on CG um, and, for everything. Yeah. And you know the the everything was rather I mean it felt low budgety you know yeah for sure and I remember this being a thing because it was two thousand and five and because our friends are all a bunch of weirdos um, you know everyone of course is going to compare this to Revenge of the Sith right and I remember like having this conversation with you know a couple of my friends and when they're like. Oh, you know, it's this this movie. It I is so much more believable. I was way more into like the action set pieces in this movie. It did such a better job than Revenge of the Sith did, and the visual effects looked better and everything. And I'm like, okay, guys, you know what? You can say <laughs> that you like Serenity more than Revenge of the Sith. You can say it's a better written movie. You can say the performances are better. But if you start talking about action set pieces and visual effects and comparing the two of them, you sound like you don't know what you're talking about. You know? You're just being petty at that point. <laughs> yes, yes, you know. But uh, I think they're serviceable, you know. I mean, I, I, I think that he, you have oh, to no, work on that yeah. budget, you know, in order to, yeah. to do this. But, I mean, especially now that we've seen Joss Whedon do, you know, a million things and conquer the world and all that stuff, I definitely put this as, you know, sort of one of his lesser efforts. Is it better than Age of Ultron? I don't know. Maybe. I have not rewatched Age of Ultron since the movie theater, which maybe speaks volumes about that. Yeah. Um, because I've never felt the impetus to. But I can tell you that the really only way I'm going to come back to Serenity again is after a Firefly rewatch. Yeah. And that's, I think, one of the reasons why I haven't watched it in all this time is because I almost feel like. I'm not worthy of watching it or maybe it's not worthy of a rewatch without, you know, a- having watched the, uh, the, the, the whole show prior, which is a weird thing because I don't feel that way about like the Star Trek movies, you know, you know, I still, I, you know, I tend to accept the, and that's E X C E P T the, the, the next generation movies from this, in a sense, but with the the original series uh, Trek movies and with Star Trek 09, and yes, even Into Darkness, regardless of what I think overall, 
there's no like I think somebody can come in cold to those and still get what's going on and still know what's going on with those. Like there's no need to and you know Star Wars too. I don't need to see you know episode 3 before I see episode 4. I don't need to see even episode 4 before I, before I see episode 5. Everything's... Wait, you don't need to see episode 3 before you see episode 4? No. Oh no. <laughs> What? Well, I would hope not, seeing as how it was made 28 oh, years you later. Know, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I don't need to see episodes one through six before I see episode seven. I can come into episode seven cold and get everything that's going on. Yeah, yeah. Right? And Rogue One, yeah, you know, even that holds up on its own. Yeah. You know? Uh, and so I, I don't need the other movies to support it as opposed to, you know, like you're saying, Serenity, I feel like i got to watch the show before I can watch the movie. I'm not sure about Rogue One, to be honest. I mean, I think we are living in this weird <sighs> bubble where, you know, I think it's a similar situation to me to me pointing at the uh, zigzaggy carpet at the David Lynch Festival and saying, like, I don't know what that is, and you saying, how can you not know what that is? That sort of thing. Because I yeah. talked to someone who was not at all familiar with Star Wars or just had like sort of a passing interest in Star Wars. And they were watching, you know, Rogue One and halfway through the movie, they turned to the person who they were with and were like, I have no idea what's going on right now. I have no uh, idea what's going on in this movie. My own small sampling is that like my in-laws and, and other relatives who are who have a passing interest, they are aware of Star Wars, but... You know, if I started talking to them about any finer points of, you know, episodes one through seven, they would look at me and be like, okay, that's your thing, John. Mm-hmm. Like, they plugged into Rogue One okay. Uh, the interesting thing about that, though, is, I like, I think I've had enough of, I've created enough ripple effect in the pool of people around me that I've sort of accidentally included them a little bit in the bubble so i don't mm-hmm. think my sample size is is you know untainted as it were yeah i can understand that yeah yeah i you know rogue one is one that i go back and forth on about whether it can really function uh on its own i say that it can but sort of by a hair's breadth uh in a certain in a certain regard mm-hmm. um still because i would have ended the movie about a minute earlier but that's just me yeah yeah i you know it's it's an interesting thing i mean it's something that that maybe maybe we can experiment with at some time um, we should yeah yeah definitely so okay so coming to the end of it here we, we've said tudic was underutilized in this um very much so somebody comes up to you and they say i want to watch serenity what do you say to them I say, that's a good movie. You should watch Serenity, but watch All of Firefly first. And I would say, don't watch it until you've watched All of Firefly first. Yeah. 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 I think pretty much the same thing. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, maybe I, I'm, I'm, I'll be more willing to revisit it more. I mean, watching it this time, I mean, I've only seen Firefly all the way through once, you know, and that was 2005. And while I, I do have fonder memories of Firefly than I do of Serenity, um, I remembered enough of it to, to not feel like I needed to rewatch it in order to watch this. But um, I, I do think 
that while it's a good movie, it's not as good as the best or even the average that Firefly has to offer. Yeah. If that makes any sense. It does. And, um, you know, it was cool seeing it on the big screen for sure. I mean, all that stuff was great, you know. I mean, it was shot by the guy who shot Unforgiven and everything. And, <laughs> you know, all of that stuff was, was movie fantastic. movie looks fine. Yeah, I mean, you know, the photography is good and all that stuff. It was cool to see, you know, a TV show on the big screen. But in a lot of ways, it was just a TV show on the big screen. It's yeah. a weird thing. I wonder how it would have manifested itself as a revival today, probably as like a miniseries on TV instead of an actual feature film. Probably. But, um, yeah, who knows? Who knows? I don't know. You know, I do like it. I do think it is a good movie. You know, and do I think it's the most amazing thing ever? No. You know, but I mean, do I think that Firefly the show is the most amazing thing ever? No, but I think that it's 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 very, very, very good. And I think that this is a satisfying conclusion because what we got was not really a satisfying conclusion no, to God, the original series. No, the, no, no. <laughs> No, the way the series went off was just not fair. But, you know, yeah. that's the sort of the story of television over time. Yeah. And I mean, this is something, and I, I, I want to get your take on this, because Rebels was just announced that it, it's ending. Yeah. Right? And when I heard that, I was in the room. I was in the room with Dave Filoni when he said that, right? Like, yeah. my reaction was, oh, cool. And... Everyone else's reaction was like, oh, man, that sucks, right? And I I think this is a weird thing. I mean, like, I'm not happy that it's ending, you know, because like, oh, we're we're not going to get more of it. But I'm happy that it will be completed. You know what I mean? Knowing, yes. I, I almost wish that like television series would, you know, start off and say like, this is season one, it's going to end with season five, you know, and like, I like having that knowledge going into it, just so that there isn't this temptation to be like Clone Wars and say like, we're going to keep on going as long as we can. And then eventually we're going to get canceled. And then we're going to have to scramble. And we're going to have to create a whole other show, which we can use as a pretense to finish up all these storylines or whatever. (laughs) Okay, did you pull a hamstring running that far for a shot at Clone Wars? Did you? This is that. I, that you? was not my intention. Take, I, take, I, it was okay, a take a knee. It was a, a it was a, it was a stream of con, uh, you know it, one. It's a it's a domino effect. I did not mean to go down that road when I started on it, <laughs> but I saw it and I just had to keep on going because it was so close and it was so obvious and it is always that thing. But this is what I'm saying. Like, you know, I I almost like it when I hear that my favorite show is coming to an end because. I know that there is going to be an end. Like, I like knowing right. that I'm not going to be, you know, because at some point you're going to run into an X-Files scenario where it's like, how much longer are we supposed to stay with this thing? Because my patience is wearing thin, you know? Yeah, and, well, I mean, X-Files, yeah, that's a whole sordid mess in and of itself, for and, sure. And I feel really bad because you see, like, on Twitter and stuff like that, where they're like, this show is canceled, you know? And there's people who are like, I, you know, people like in the industry and everything who are like, I hate it. 
when a show is canceled is very sad and disappointing because it means that all these people are going to be losing their jobs. And it's like, yeah, that's the real world, you know, scenario. But at the same time, in something like Rebels, right, it's like he said right there in the room, this isn't going to be the last animated series coming from Lucasfilm, you know? I mean, I am fully expecting them to announce the next animated series before Rebels actually finishes, you know what I mean? Like I, I, I will say that I'm on board with you that it's better to give somebody the fair warning to let them know. I mean, we, uh, we talked about over on Stage 9 Magnum P.I., Mm-hmm. And Magnum P.I. got that. They wanted to cancel it like a year earlier. And they were like, you know what? We're going to give you one more season for the fans. You yeah. guys get to watch this. This is for you. And I think that, yes, there is a nice uh, uh, feel to it that they feel like they've just sort of figured their way. And so they're like, you know what? We we can't keep this going forever. You've sort of figured out what you want. You know this is your last season you've got your pieces in place that you want, make it count. And I think that giving a creative team that notice of make it count, they'll make it count. And I have full faith in Filoni as well, as you well know, that if you give him, you know, he knows he only has so many episodes to go, he's going to be like, okay, we're cutting all of the fat and we are just, we're racing to the finish line here and we're going to get it done. I don't know how I specifically feel about giving it only X number of seasons at the outset. I think that there's a really nice feel to it. And I, and I know that as you know, sci-fi fans, we've all sort of been in love with the idea ever, ever since Straczynski did that with Babylon five, where he's like, this is going to be five seasons and I'm done. And yeah, it puts a cap on it and it does, it doesn't allow things to spin out of control at any, at any way. But you know, who's to say what the right number of seasons are for a show? I mean, if you have an ending, I mean, I mean, in, in the case of Clone Wars and Rebels, I mean, you know where these characters are going to go eventually, right? So you kind of have an idea, like, Clone yeah. Wars has to take place over the span of three years. You know, that's a pretty finite amount of time. You know, Rebels, same deal. Like, theoretically, it's not going to go much past A New Hope. And I'm very curious to see, because, I mean, this was something which I thought of with, you know, Clone Wars as soon as they introduced Ahsoka, where I'm like, how are they going to get from him training this, this you know, girl to her not being there and him being, you know, happy-go-lucky in the first scene of Episode 3? And they did it. They did a, a really good job, I think, of that, of getting rid of her without killing her, right? Because yes. I, I always thought, like, okay, she can't be there, so she's got to die. But at the same time, how do you kill her and not have that wreck Anakin? And, you know, with Rebels, I mean, I, I didn't think about this when the show started. I don't know why, but, I mean, now they, they're really into it. Like, they're going to have to kill some people off in that show. And I guess it's a Are scenario they? where, like, you can do it and you don't have to worry about the other characters being like, you know, hey... You know, but some people I are going to have that, to die. <laughs> well, I think that the best the best possible. And first off, we know that the ghost appears in Rogue One. Yes. So it's still and we know around that, it. You know, and we know that Hera is still alive. And we know that Chopper is. Chopper makes it. Yeah. So I think that the best possible end. I mean, they don't have to kill everyone. 
Okay, I would but love at some it point, if, how many Jedi are out there where it's like, you know, you're the last Jedi, except I, for those other 17 guys. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> the truth has always been a fungible thing with Yoda and Obi-Wan. But so long as they're dead by Return of the Jedi, so that Yoda can say, the last Jedi will you be, mm-hmm. that counts. They can okay. make it to Star Wars. They can, because Obi-Wan says in Star Wars, now the Jedi are all but extinct. Which was the wiggle room to introduce Yoda in the next one. Uh-huh. You know, that that sort of thing. So long as they're gone by Return of the Jedi, I think it counts. But at the same time, I think that the best way to get... Because I don't think they're going to do anything as grim as like watching people get cut down sort of thing. I think it would be great if they had something where you know they send Hera and Chopper and maybe one or two other people off. And then... You know, the remaining people, they go on this crazy run to do something, blow something up or go into a nebula or trigger some chain reaction or lead them off. And the show ends with them and it's up to you to decide whether they're dead or not. So if you come into it and you come into it with the philosophy of all of these people have to be dead, the show ends and you're like, well, obviously they died right after that shot. And then if you don't want them dead, you can say to yourself, no, they ran off and they got past everybody and they, you know, like it becomes like a Rorschach test. And that's the type of thing that I, I want, I think, just because I'm the type of fan that likes debating that type of thing. You know, no, I, I am. <laughs> no, like, what does it yeah. mean? How does it go? No, that's that's true. I, 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 I that's that, yeah, that's the type of thing where like anytime someone's like, is Boba Fett alive or dead? I'm like. No, no, okay, no, no, no. See, I, I'm not talking about constructing it where they get eaten by something, and then I'm like, no, I didn't see him dissolve. I'm talking about like something that's specifically constructed to leave the question open. Okay, yeah, I mean fans. that's that's fine. You know, it's 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 fine. You know, all that means to me, and I like I agree with you under normal circumstances, but under Star Wars circumstances, all that means to me is they're just waiting for someone to write a tie-in novel. <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, and that gets into a whole other conversation. But what's interesting, and I always love to throw the, the glaring spotlight on stuff like this, what did we stop talking about? Serenity. So yeah. I think that in and of itself is a very big indication of overall uh, opinion. Now, I have already received some hate mail. Um, of a sort uh, for my opinion on Serenity. If you want to reach out to the show, go to the nerdparty.com slash contact. Uh, you can look up Great Shot Kid and vent all of your hatred uh, about not praising everything brown coat uh, here today. You can also reach out to us on Twitter at uh, Join Nerd Party on Twitter. You can reach out to us on Facebook. We post all of the shows and we post other news tidbits. You can interact with us at facebook.com slash the nerd party now mike that's where they can reach the show and the network where can they find you online uh well you can find me on twitter at mumbles 3k and you can also find me on talkfilmsociety.com doing a show called soderbergh 2828 where we uh look at all of steven soderbergh's movies and you can find me on commentary trackstars.com doing a show called commentary track stars where uh we uh do whatever we want uh and uh, we, we've got, well, I, I won't say what we've got coming up, but um, yeah, anyway. and uh, I'm looking forward to it. 
You can also find me on Trek.fm doing a show called Stage 9, where we look at the people who make Star Trek with John. Me, yes. Stage 9 over on Trek FM, where we, uh, we do. It's, uh, it, it's a lot of fun. Uh, we just looked at Any Given Sunday, yeah. starring Al Pacino. Um, and uh, here on the network, I'm also co-hosting Aggressive Negotiations with Matt Rushing, uh, where we debate things like uh, whether Boba Fett's still alive. Um, and uh, I also co-host Words with Nerds, which, uh, much like commentary track stars, whatever comes into our brains is typically what we're saying. So uh, that's a lot of fun. I co-host that with uh, my pal Craig. And, and if you want to find me online, look for Kessel Junkie. He's a little bit shy still, but uh, he'll interact with you. So uh, anyway... Uh, thank you for joining us with, uh, you know, for looking at Serenity. Um, sorry if I've angered you too much. Join us next week when we continue to look at the works of actors who have been in Rogue One. When we look at Zhang Wen's Let the Bullets Fly. Let the Bullets Fly.